0: Welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this. Your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care, And your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for biweekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at KathyLvan.com forward slash Empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into to today's lesson. Welcome to the Caregiver Cup podcast, my friends. We are diving into a topic that we've never talked about before on the Caregiver Cup podcast. There is such a huge need for this out there. And guess what? I have the perfect guest that can break this all down for us. Today, we have Shay Domain. Although I've seen on her Instagram site, she goes by P.A. Shea, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. She's an internal medicine physician's assistant and founder of the Elder Care Hub. She's cared for thousands of patients and their families throughout her 13-year career. She's consistent. She consistently sees caregivers of aging parents that are stressed out, undervalued, and at the brink of burnout. Ah, I know we can relate to that. She sees and acknowledges that the healthcare system is broke. It does not have the structure in place to guide us. And the primary care physicians don't have time for us in their 15-minute appointment slot. And they and there are not any experienced medically trained resources to support those carers, those caring for aging parents. That threw me for a, a loop there, and I really took a step back. And she wants to be part of the healthcare crisis solution. And so she founded what's called the Elder Care Hub. And I see, Shay, that you have something called the Shay Way. So without further ado, I want to introduce you, Shay. And I want you to fill in all of the blanks that I truly missed in that short intro. So welcome.
1: Hi, Kathy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and honored to be on your podcast. I've listened to it for quite a while. Um, and I love hearing about your husband and your mom and all the things. So thank you for having me. And yeah, so my name's Shay. Nice to meet all of you caregivers out there. And I am a PA, like Kathy said. And I created the elder care hub to be part of the solution of a problem I was seeing. And the fact is, is that I do primary care. So um, I do see patients still in the office and the 15 minute windows were just not working for me anymore. I found that I love talking to patients about their medication lists and the crisis that come up. And usually a lot of the times I was seeing the caregivers with the patients I was seeing. So I was also developing a relationship with them. And the fact is they would have really awesome questions for me. And I just wasn't able to get to them Or I'd be like, come back in two weeks, come back in two weeks, send me a portal message because the system is built in a way that doesn't have time for questions anymore. And so I basically put all of everything I know of 13 years of experience into an online course if people want that or into individual med reviews just to give people the resources that they truly need
0: and answer the questions that they always have. It is such a, an interesting topic. And I, I, I've i been looking at your Instagram sites as well. And tell me more about all of like the services and topics because I've seen everything from medications to, I mean, I even saw you went live on and talked about, uh your uh, like a, your elderly parent it mm-hmm. doesn't have any energy and you were talking about protein or mm-hmm. sleep what are some of the like maybe the top 5 issues yeah. that you address
1: yes ma'am so there uh, the primary issue that i see is medications and we will get into that i'm sure okay but i love talking about medications and streamlining lists because a lot of times you get side effects from meds as we all know, you, you're you're taking care of your mom, you're taking care of your sister, the doctor gives them a bladder pill, and then they get a side effect, and then they give them wow. another pill to address that. And it, it just drives me crazy where we I find tooth comb through all of that. Um, another pillar I have is kind of caregiver burnout. My own spin on that is if I can support the aging person that you're caring for better, yep then that takes a little bit of the burnout away because you feel like, okay, I can breathe. Like I'm not constantly putting out fires. Um, And then I do like to at times highlight different areas that I see very commonly in practice every day, sleep problems, um, the, the case of the dwindles is that Instagram really yeah, saw, that. saw when, yep. you know, your mom is just kind of dwindling away and you're not really sure what to do about it and how much protein is too much protein. I like to address all of that, um, as kind of sprinkled in with the medicines, just because sometimes talking about meds all day bores people and you need to mix it up a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's talk about them. I wrote down three or the four categories here. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's talk about since the, the one that comes to my mind, the first is, and I wish I would have grabbed it. I probably have one in my mom's file. Mm -hmm. Um, And when my mom was living and my, after my dad passed away, I started becoming more active with my mom. And you probably see this all the time. Mm -hmm. You go into the doctor's office and you fill out all the forms and then their medication list. And for those of you who are on the, on the, um, just listening, the what medication is list is beyond a page. It's like a CVS receipt where it keeps going and going and And going. And then the nurse goes ahead and asks, Okay, are you on this and this and this and this? And I'm like, I don't even know what these drugs are. At least that was my first initial thought when I was in the doctor's office. And then I had to start researching. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that, yes. especially like a new caregiver that's now taking care of their parent or has to actively take care of their parent. Right. And you see this list of 20 some or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we do as caregivers, first of all?
1: Sure. So that was a problem that I wanted to solve, right? Um, the, The first thing is having awareness about it. Someone who is this elderly, 70 plus, 80 plus, should not be on 15, 20, 25 medications, it, the awareness and knowing that there's a better way is the first step. And so that is my mission is to get this out there, that this is an epidemic in the elderly population that no one cares about. We all just think it's normal to end up on 20 pills. It is not. Um, So that was my first major thing. And I'm glad everyone is listening today. So you can just be aware and cognitive when you see a list of the, the, all of a sudden you're in charge and you're refilling and you're running to the pharmacy every five seconds. This shouldn't be happening. So mm-hmm. when it's gotten away from us, is that's when we have to take action, right? Um, so increasing medications like this, like over 10, 15 meds, gives you high risks for problems and, and medical-related problems happening to you. Mm-hmm. Falls. And falls happen because you're dizzy or because to interact and give you a side effect or because they create a urinary problems with all the dryness and it gives you UTIs that keep coming and coming and coming. And then you end up in the hospital. So falls, UTIs, hospital stays, what do falls do they cause brain bleeds, hip fractures, all the stuff that we see all the time in the hospital. And it's maddening when I can link it back to a med list. It just, it makes my blood boil because it's nothing like a heart failure exacerbation or pneumonia, like a real issue that needs to be in the hospital. Sure. But it's when people come into the hospital for things that are preventable in um, yeah. all medication so, related. Yeah.
0: So why is what, first of all, I'm, I'm asking the question, why yeah. is the list so long? Is it because they go to multiple doctors? Not or necessarily. Or?
1: It's so long because people live longer and then meds get added and no one takes any away. That okay. verbatim, I just had a conversation with a 78-year-old man about this yesterday. Um, he was my first patient of the day, and he had all these complaints, yet yeah, he's trying to train for this geriatric race and all this stuff. He's like, I just feel so horrible. And I'm like, why? You're in the so healthy. Why are you on 24 meds? He's yeah. like, oh, I had a heart attack. And, you know, like meds just come on, and I guess they just never took them away. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 No one is taking the time because it takes time to really, with a, with your eye, critically think about what each
0: med does to the person. And yeah. That, and I suppose you can't just pull one med. You can't just stop taking it because you're right no. Yeah. Yeah. You, have, you to, have to
1: do it under medical supervision, you know? Yeah. And, right. And the physicians are like, look, I have a hundred boxes to click in this visit. I don't have time to really do deal with this. Mm. So unless they care about it, they're just going to keep refilling because it's easier.
0: Yeah. Well, and then I don't even know if it's something you do. And then on top of it, like my mom would then take over the counter or supplements on top of it. And then they don't, we don't say anything to the Uh doctor Uh and on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like iron or yeah, they'll take, you know, their, their, um, laxative or, or whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm sure that puts a whole nother.
1: It adds to the layers of it. And that's why I always, um, when I'm talking about polypharmacy, I specifically say polypharmacy, AKA too many pills is over 10 medications, vitamins, or supplements. If you have over 10, you need to start looking at it and being aware.
0: So I think the biggest question then is, so how do you approach this? First of all, you're aware of it and you Mm -hmm. understand the high risks and that sort of thing. So then how do you approach that when you see that poly, do you say polypharmacy? Yeah. Polypharmacy, too much drugs, more than Mm -hmm. 10 on that sheet, or Mm -hmm. they bring out their big, um, My mom had a cute little canister that she had, a little tray. And eventually we put them in pill packs. Yeah, you have to, or else
1: you'll get it confused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or you'll end up with like different refills from different places and it's kind of a disaster. So if I was in a new caregiver's position and I all of a sudden am taking this on, Um, and I heard this podcast, obviously I would look me up and figure out how to work with me just because (laughs) I'm a pro at it and I will take the guesswork away, but say you're just trying to kind of get started somehow. Um, what you need to do is I use the Shea way. It's my kind of, um, you know, it's my name. So I put it into like an acronym. So sort out the medicines in a way that makes sense to you into groupings. Okay. Yeah. This I think is for blood pressure. These I think are yeah. for cholesterol sort them out, figure out my, the age in the H ways for honor, honor your aging parents or your loved ones goals and wishes. So if you know that the person you care for is 90 and All they want to do is be happy and talk with their friends. And they're not looking to, you know, live a hundred more years. Do they really need all of these medicines? So you have to figure out, is it worth the battle of dealing with this or not? So you need to talk with them to say, hey, I see you have all these meds what are your intentions here? How, you know, do you want to treat all of these different things and take all these supplements still? What, what are you thinking? And have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Um, A is analyze the list. And that's what I teach people how to do um, Mm -hmm. is to, how to make sense of what pills go where and which ones could go first or which ones are high risk. And okay. a really great place to start with a high risk li- list of meds is called the Beers List Criteria. And it's available online. Okay. And it is a list of meds for if you're over 65, download this and you can see which meds on there that your aging parent or your loved one is on and know that this is probably high risk and they probably shouldn't be on this. And that's a great place to start with the physician because they can't really argue with a list that the pharmacy and the government backs and all this stuff that everyone agrees that these meds are high risk. So it's a great place so to start. beers. How do you spell beers? Beer like you would drink a beer. Oh yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And okay. it's basically all the ones that de- really dehydrate the body, make the kidneys work harder, um, oh, wow. that are very sensitive for the elderly population and they or are sedative like um uh, Xanaxes and pain pills and things like that. Okay. Um, things that probably just won't work well with brain health in the elderly. That's, a great, That's a great place to start. Okay. So sort them out into groups to figure out yeah. what you're looking at. Start with a beers list and then figure out um, what your aging parent or loved one sort of wants to do. Like if they feel the same way you do, and then you make the
0: appointment. Perfect. So if you make the appointment and you, how do you approach talking to the doctor? Yeah. because Obviously our elderly parents feel like the doctors are the, the, they all do all person right? without, with no disrespect. But, um, right. I think as we are, our generations feel like they're they're serving us. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, elderly parents sometimes feel like I can't question the doctor's decision.
1: (laughs) Right. Yes. And you have to go about it tactfully, right? Because you have a relationship with the physician, usually or PA or nurse practitioner, whomever, and you don't want to ruffle their feathers or offend them or step on their toes. So I completely understand that. So the way I would go about it is this. When you're calling for an appointment, the first tip I would have is ask for a 30-minute appointment. A lot of people don't know
0: that they can do this. I didn't even know there was a difference. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Every appointment's 15 minutes. If it's a wellness appointment, sometimes they do 30 for those. Okay. But a little trick that I like to say is, hey, if you know that this is going to take a while and you've got questions and you're reviewing meds and this is a big issue. Ask for a 30 minute appointment um, and just tell the desk, I have several things we need to discuss. Can you make me a double slot or add on an extra appointment time? And that usually covers it. So then the, the person will see that on their side, the provider side and say, whoa, this is a longer appointment than normal. I guess we're going to be talking about things, but at least I have time. So you're setting yourself up for success by giving them extra time, right? then when you go in, it's leading with kindness and um, positivity and curiosity in the tone of what you're saying versus, whoa, 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 I'm just learning about this. And why are they on all these medicines? And how could you let this go on this long? Look at all these problems she had. And this could have been from all of these pills, not the way to go about it. Yeah. Kindness, you're educating, you know, this is kind of a script. Hey, doc, I have been researching a lot about my mom's medications and health, and I'm new to taking care of her. And I've been learning a lot about side effects of medications. And I've noticed that over the years, the number of pills she's on keeps going up. And I'm worried that she's going to have a fall or have another kind of problem from all of these pills. Can we take a, a look at any of these meds and see if we can combine them or get rid of a couple and then maybe come back again in three months and see if we can kind of get rid of a couple more and go about this to get her off some of these. If they don't respond positively to kind, considerate, stating what you're worried about and a potential solution, then it's maybe time to get a new doctor.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: That's how I would approach it. Good, good
0: advice. Yeah, I have a, I don't know if you've listened way back in one of my horror stories on the podcast when my mom couldn't remember, she didn't have, she had the Mm pillbox, but she couldn't remember if she, and she didn't have them all in the pillbox, she couldn't remember if she took her medication. Right. And then she took it. But then she couldn't remember. So she took it again. And then I came the following morning because she was calling me in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. And I made her take it again. Oh, God. And we ended up in the ER. where, she, And she was hallucinating. She was actually seeing butterflies and bumbles in her house. And she actually um, took the car out of her parking garage and took down a sign in the middle of the night. And oh. she called me. And I didn't make sense of it until I came home. But medication is so important and knowing if they get uh, what they're taking. me chills. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That was immediately the time then we went and assessed her medication. Right. And we put it into it, wasn't pill packs. It looked like a um Oral contraceptive push-up. Yeah, like a little book.
1: popper thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: P- mm-hmm. Book. And that's uh, that's true. So there's yeah.
1: a lot of different ways to handle it. Once you realize, like, whoa, we've have to intervene here. Um, and with the medications, one other tip I wanted to tell people is that at the pharmacy, a lot of problems arise when it comes like there's a little disconnect there because a doctor will change the medicine and it changes on their list, but The pharmacy still has both on their file. What I would do is at least quarterly go into the pharmacy physically because we Uh all know nothing gets done over the phone. It just doesn't. And say, look, we just have updated our list. I want to completely delete anything off her profile that is not active. That way it doesn't get auto-filled and then she's ending up on two beta blockers or two cholesterol pills Okay. because I've seen that so much where someone like moves that. and they have auto-fills over here, but then, you know, oh. they're locally fit, filling something or mail ordering and they end up on like two or three of the same thing. And it's all just pharmacy and doctor communication problems. But if you get it off of the list at the pharmacy, that that clears that up.
0: Oh my gosh, that's such a good tip. Yeah, a good tip for us personally as well as I caregivers. know. I mean, yeah. All in all, I also saw something that you talked about: mm-hmm. genetic, generic medications,
1: mm-hmm. and.
0: That's usually what the pharmacy will do is they'll go ahead and give you generic or they'll give you whatever's covered for the insurance company will cover and it's the cheapest one or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. What is
0: your advice for us on knowing if your loved one can have the generic versus the right? The
1: so in general, I do love and support generic medications, right? The $4 list, they're more affordable. Um, a lot of times they're in stock more and the insurance loves it because it's cheaper. Uh, The one area where I really do not like a generic is in the thyroid. Um, The thyroid Mm. really does a lot with our bodies, and especially as you get older, your thyroid gets more sensitive. So if you are on thyroid replacement, a lot of times the brand name does do better if you're running into a problem where you want them to be on the brand name and then the doctor sends in the script and they're automatically given levothyroxine, you have to kind of fight for it a little bit more. The doctor's going to have to work a little bit harder and you're going to have to plan ahead because when you're due for the another refill, like say you do a 90-day supply You're going to have to plan it out two or three weeks ahead to go to the physician to ask for that because they need some leeway to do the paperwork to get it approved. But Mm -hmm. usually it's a couple of forms that they need to fill out and it's um, or you can bypass it and do like a different kind of mail order, but that's for another day. But okay. usually if you plan ahead, they'll have extra time to do the paperwork and then you're not behind on the refills
0: Okay.
1: Um, for blood pressure. Usually blood pressure meds are all great generic. There's a couple of them that if you really need the brand name, you can, but usually for blood pressure, it's fine. Sometimes for cholesterol, I prefer the brand name, um, but usually generics just fine.
0: Does the doctor, doctor or the physician's assistant fill out if they can be generic or not, or does the pharmacist just automatically go with whatever's cheaper?
1: So unless the physician or the PA or nurse practitioner writes on, clicks a special box and writes also into the pharmacy notes, do not substitute brand name medically necessary. They'll substitute everything to generic. Okay. Unless if they specifically write it. So that's what you need to ask. If you know that your aging loved one is better on say brand name Synthroid, you need to say, don't forget to click that box. Uh, We need the brand name and say it several times because providers are so freaking busy. They see so many patients it's in one eye and out the other. Like by the time you walk out of there, their brains onto the next. And so less if you kind of hammer the point home they're they're not going to remember. Wow. Wow. And don't pick up the medicine. Like if you go to the pharmacy and you check it, do not leave there because if it says the, the generic on there and you open the script and stuff, they won't take it back. So, you have to double
0: check it at the pharmacy too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, that's just, the, those are some really, really good tips. And yes, when ma'am. we get to the end, I definitely want you to talk about your services as well. Sure. Of course. Now, you talked about, let's talk about caregiver burnout because that's one of the pieces I talk about all the time here mm-hmm. on the podcast and recognizing when you are in burnout. I want you to tell us what you see. Mm-hmm. And some of some of the whys of and ways that caregivers can be uh, can reduce that. Because we sure. know that it's always going to happen, but if we can release mm-hmm. the stress and we can go ahead and reduce it, things are yeah. much better.
1: Right. So I've personally um my own scope of how I look at it from a provider point of view is what I notice people the caregiver getting burnt out is when there's a lot happening that's out of their control medically. So they don't have a good pulse on. I listened to a bunch of your podcasts where you outlined your team. I listened to that the other day. It was like you build your healthcare team kind of thing, right? And you have, if you need someone to do the driving for this and the picking up of this, people that don't have their like stuff in a line with who does what, That that creates burnout because then you're spinning your wheels trying to do everything. Um, So having the plan is always the best and and using as many people paid or not as possible. Um, I love it's it's summer. I love using teens. I think teenagers are the most underused people to help. It prevent burnout because they awesome. usually only have two hours of time anyway. So if you need them to sit with the play a couple rounds of cards while you run to the store, a teenager is perfect for that. You're, you're not asking them to do a whole bunch of stuff, but they need stuff to put on their resume. They need a little extra gas money. Teenagers are the most underused burnout prevention tool that I can find. Um, and also who doesn't love an elderly teen relationship. I think it's so cute when, when they really get along. Um, but from a medical point of view, if. It it the burnout comes from the hospital stays over and over and over and over. You know, you're sleeping in the hospital and getting up and then going to work. Like that is exhausting. And so figuring out a way to combat the nights in a hospital with either either a paid caregiving service or something, especially if your mom has dementia and is confused mm-hmm. and goes off the rails and they're like, someone needs to stay with here her at night, paying the $20 an hour for that is sometimes worth it. Um the the provider burnout that I see, the, is, or the the caregiver burnout that I also see also happens to do with the med refills and trying to make sense of it all. And if you have more control of that, then that alleviates the
0: burnout, in my opinion. Okay. I think the, the teenager thing idea is really neat. And now that we're, I mean, in where I'm living, it is the last day of school. And right. They
1: need extra cash. Or They're they could do your college. I mean, yeah, you put them to do use your grocery They've shopping. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. They've got a car. They can run to the pharmacy. They can manage three things on a list at a grocery store. You know, like yeah, find a, find a local teen and give them some extra work. I think it,
0: it's yeah. easier than mowing lawns, in my opinion. I don't know why more
1: teens don't pick it up as a side hustle,
0: honestly. That's really a great idea because yeah. anytime, because and that's something that I was, and I even did a, an email today about that to some of my caregivers. In my first year and a half, it was like, I can do everything. I am Wonder Woman. I can do it. And then as soon as that happens, you, you're you actually in the point of no return and you have to figure out how to get back to that. And I think there's something magical about setting that expectation for your, your elderly parent or your elderly mm-hmm. friend to say, I'm going to be here most of the time, but you're also going to get visitors such as so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Exactly. And they're, sometimes they're nicer to the help than they are to you. <laughs> oh yeah. I've seen that live in, in real time
1: and that is true. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. I want to I want to dive into, I think I have that one. Um, I think the other one sweep it sleep and dwindled away. We can kind of avoid. I want to talk more mm-hmm. about the I, I want to just you and I have this really personal conversation mm-hmm. about how do we break the stigma of caregiving and us as caregivers not seeing value in help not seeing value in taking on a service like you do or I do. I think there's a stigma where people think, I can't ask for a caregiver consultant. I can't ask for a caregiver coach. I can't pay for a program to teach me how to caregive. And that mm-hmm. is so, so, so necessary. And I feel mm-hmm. like I beat my head against the wall all the time. And the the clients I do have, I am just like, I praise them up so much because they have finally pulled off, pulled away the curtain and saw that this is makes the world of a difference. How do we right. break that stigma? How do we open the floodgates to say there is help out there for you as a caregiver?
1: And it's okay to ask for help.
0: And it's okay to pay for help too. Exactly. Right. You have the finances. Yeah. That's the thing.
1: Um, I also find that a lot as well. And the way the, frankly, it's generational, honestly, like people my age are in the millennials and we're getting older, right? My parents are 65, 66, like they're getting up there. I think people in their thirties and forties are going to be the people that are really open to it. If you want me to be very honest, Thanks. Because we've already asked for help with our kids because we're already working moms and we're already breaking generational cycles that way. And we've already know that we can't do it all. So yeah. I'm already depending on five different people and had to slide into the daycare teachers DMs to ask for help. And I'm okay with asking for help. Um, and I think my generation is the first one to actually be okay with admitting that we cannot do it all and it's impossible. There's yeah. TikTok and Instagram telling us it's okay that you need help. Yeah. But in the generation above us, what is that, Gen X and boomers and stuff? Yeah. Um, the admitting that you need help is just that like
0: hill that they're going to die on. <laughs> I know it. I know yeah. it. And it's like, you do want to wear because I'm, I'm like the very youngest in the baby boomer age. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm kind of crossed over to the other side as well. But it's like, at first, do I want to walk around with this cape on to say I'm Wonder Woman? I know, like a pride like,
1: thing almost. And look
0: like shit and I know. just feel like I'm beat up all the time. Or do I want to be able to say, yeah, I dropped him off for my husband off for, for chemotherapy. I know it's going to be four hours he has a text, they have my phone number. There are three people that are taking care of him. I'm gonna go ahead and get my grocery shopping done and go take a nap.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like being smart, like smarter with your time. Also, I yeah. mean, what what there is no point of you sitting there with him, honestly? Like, yeah, but I think that it's it's part of the culture that they were r- raised in of You know, being kind of a sacrificial lamb, like a martyr, if you will, and that is a full cultural thing that needs to shift and break. And I think it is shifting, but it's going to take a lot longer for these people right now who are in it. Um, And all only we can do is hopefully they see things like the Instagram reels and the TikTok videos. I've seen a lot of people on TikTok though, the the boomers and the Gen Xers, and they're starting to get it. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people reach yeah. out to me on that. So that's awesome. I just keep spreading the message and I, th- I know you do too. And that's all yeah. you can really do. Yeah. And sharing examples, you know, yeah. hey, this guy really didn't want my help, but look, he finally caved and look how much I helped yeah. him.
0: Yeah. And I think there's risks when you don't ask or pay for help. I mean, oh. as a caregiver, you know, the, I So think- dangerous. I mean, my health suffered so much, yeah, so much. And I think when you had said the risks of your elderly parent, uh, and mm-hmm. the falls and the hospital stays, and to take—I I, know—I want you to talk about your new, your 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 newest offering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, I think I said, I think I saw less than a hundred dollars. Yeah, and you can go ahead and have somebody professionally look at your mm-hmm. the prescription, Med-lib. and you don't have to spend hours and hours and hours on Google mm-hmm. and trying to put the connections together. I mean, I would still look at the beers list and, mm-hmm. and try to figure that out. But you can go ahead and take that little canister or that little tray of meds that your parent has and saying, help me figure this out. Right.
1: When it comes to something like medications, I just think that um, caregivers, if they don't have a medical background, you're just a little outside of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and not knowing what you're looking at or how to interpret it or what that's even for, it makes it very overwhelming. So they get paralyzed in fear. And when you're paralyzed in fear, you just keep doing the same thing and hopefully it gets better. But if you have that's why I created this option that you're talking about. It's a, a med yeah. review with me. And yeah. I basically, t- I wanted to do online course and teach all these people how to do all of this stuff. But no one has time to learn, wants to learn that much, mm-hmm. all of this. Right. So. Right. My solution for that is I've had so many folks like DM me say, "Hey, I just want you to take a look at this med list and let me know what I need to talk to the doctor about." Right. Um, and so I worked really hard to figure out a free HIPAA platform, that, you know, is safe for um, personalized information, and that was very important to me that I wasn't just doing it on like an email. Like I want yeah. the people's information to be protected, right? Right. So I figured right. out a way to get people to upload a med list into there, and I can I can review it and in my own time send back like a 10-minute video with, hey, when I'm looking at this, I see this, this, and this. These three things are great talking points for the physician. This is how I would say it. And it gets them started. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people just need to get the ball rolling. And then if they could get help with just one little area, the medicines, then maybe they realize, whoa, okay, that was really helpful. Where else can I outsource and get more help? And then it just kind of goes from there and people will be more willing to take a risk on something that isn't uh, covered by insurance or this, the traditional status quo and, and look at problems a little bit differently
0: and want to solve them a little bit differently. Yeah, such a great tool. I think that yeah. is where can they find that shame? And I'll put yeah. that in the notes, too.
1: Yeah, for sure. So if you go on, yeah, if you go on either my Instagram, it'll be on there or Whole Care Network University. Um, It is a university, uh, it's not a university, it's the Whole Care Network, and they have all online classes and courses and stuff. But I was able to make this uh, med review on their platform. So if you go to Whole Care Network and to their online courses, you can find it there and it'll take you right to it
0: nice nice what mm-hmm. a great resource because i yes. think there are so many tips and i think what you hit for me on the head was yeah you have to look at everything that you do mm-hmm. everything that you manage as a caregiver because mm-hmm. you're just not a caregiver i'm just a caregiver no you are a yeah. manager of your loved one's care and you right. manage the entire thing you're and a chef
1: that, and a pharmacist and a travel agent and all this stuff it's crazy
0: see. Yeah, and so if you can outsource some of those things and take some of the burden off of your plate, that's going to help. And then when you're filling that medicine, then and you're Mm -hmm. putting that medicine, it means something, right? I mean, I sat with my mom on Sunday afternoons. We had we had Sunday fun. Your Sunday fun day, yeah, yeah. And Uh one of the things I would do is I would sit her on the table while I was doing some of her bookwork and stuff. I would say, now I want you to fill your prescription. And put right. everything in your in your slots or whatever she had so that at least I could see it. But mm-hmm.
1: and now yeah. you have context to it if you know a little bit more or you know yeah. had a little bit of guidance. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just taking one little thing off your plate. And if you can slowly but surely take one thing off your plate here and there, then the overwhelm becomes a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Okay, I thought of one more
0: question. I mean, yeah, yeah. Of I course. You, um, okay, how can I prepare when I go in for that 15-minute appointment to be to get the best bang for my buck with mm-hmm. let's say I'm going in with my dad or my mom and we're going in for an appointment. There's nothing worse that makes me cringe is when I hear other caregivers saying, yeah, we're going in for their routine follow-up. I'm like, on what? Hey. What is your agenda? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. So what would advice would you have? The ideal, maybe it's the ideal patient or the ideal oh, yeah. caregiver.
1: Oh, I love my ideal caregivers. Okay. <laughs> so these folks make sure that they're they have the routine labs done the week before. They'll call and set up their routine labs for the week before. That way the results are there and the physician can t- discuss them at the time of the appointment. Okay. These people have the um, a notebook or, you know, however you work best, if it's like on your phone or whatever, of all the medicines and any refills that they need that they know are coming up. Um, and you can ask for the provider to do it right then. Um, they also make sure anything the last maybe month, longer than that won't really apply. Any new changes, have it listed out. Have okay. you noticed she's more fatigued? Have you noticed that she's nodding off you know, at the 10 p.m. news and you want to talk about it, anything that you want to talk about, I wouldn't do more than three things, but have it outlined on that list. Um, Any new med changes from other physicians have that information, ready So the, they could update the charts ahead of time. And if she's had any of the, um, mammograms, bone densities, any kind of CAT scan from another doctor have all the copies of that with you to present to them. They will love you for that because that way they don't have to go request the medical records, blah, blah, blah. So if you get anything done, get the result um, and have it
0: in your little file. So then it can all go in the primary. It's funny you say that because when, at the time of this recording, Rosa is going to be on the the podcast one week before and she's a caregiver Mm -hmm. and she's in an organizing business and she has this little file folder that she has. And I was looking at her going, I thought I was a good caregiver advocate. And when (laughs) I saw what Rosa does, yeah, she goes ahead and gets everything because she understands that. That stuff may not get transferred or that may may take time to get transferred. And she has all of that ready. Mm -hmm. Now, my other this is a little detailed, but my other ask is, do you bring that to the the nurse that's taking the statistics or whatever they call it ahead of time? Or do you just save it for when the doctor comes in?
1: So if the, usually the MA or whomever is doing the vitals and stuff, they'll ask if there's been any changes to meds. And that's when you say. Actually, yeah, we just saw the cardiologist. So if you want to take a peek at the new list and make sure it matches, that'd be great. And oh, by the way. They said that they're not going to refill this. So can you make sure we get a 90 day script of this?
0: Well, oh, they do all um, that
1: driving. And oh. they kind of drag it over in the chart and then, and then ask for it back and then make sure the doctor double checks because I've seen so many times I'll go in and they're like, oh, I already handed it to the MA, but they, it got put in wrong or this or that, yeah. you know? And so I have to okay. correct it, but okay. make sure that okay. both
0: eyes are on it. Cause that's better. Perfect. Perfect. Oh my gosh. These are such good tips. Yes. Good tips. Well, before we close today, what else did, is there anything else that's maybe something that we should know that you want to share or have we covered everything that we we've needed to cover?
1: My, I we've covered everything, but I just want to shout from the rooftops that more pills equals more problems. So. If you're having struggles with that, I'm your girl. Oh, and that's my name, my Facebook group. If you really just want to figure out a little bit more, have a community of people that are learning yeah. about medicines, that's my little group in there. So that's the name of yes. it is more pills equals more problems. And we okay. covered so much today, but this is exactly what I'm most passionate about, what I love talking about. And I could talk about it for a hundred years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and for everybody that's listening, listening, I'm going to put the, the my website site because I'm going to put a like a high level overview in the podcast notes but if you go out I'll go ahead and list some of this high level steps that Shay that you gave Mm -hmm. so that they can kind of see that and all of the details to follow so I think what's really nice feeling is that and it's part of what we do you are not alone right you are not alone there are so many resources for caregivers out there and being able to go ahead and saying now i found a resource for the medical part uh-huh. is just going to be a piece for, for the Caregiver Cup community to see. Yes. When I look at that medicine list, when I go ahead and ha- need advice on how to go into the doctor with my elderly parent, that's where we, they can find it. So yeah. I'm so glad. How long have you been in, in doing the, what is it called? The Elderly Care Hub? How long have you been yeah. doing
1: this? So it, I built it all last summer and finally launched in September of, of 22. So about six months.
0: Nice Six job. Minutes. Nice yeah, job. Thanks. And and you all, when we first started this, this lady is a mm-hmm. physician's assistant. She's mm-hmm. two children. Mm-hmm. She's doing her own business, and you're making a huge impact in in the caregiver okay. space. I can't. I'm think trying. I,
1: I just got chills thinking about it. I mean, it is my passion. And I just love the elderly people. I just love them so much. And I just want them to be taken care of so well. And I just love the caregiver community. Um, everybody's been so welcoming on Instagram and everything. And I yeah. thank you so much for like reaching out to me and being yeah. nice to me. Because, you know, you start a new business, you hope that you're yeah. well-received. Well um, well, so I really
0: appreciate it. And you do it with heart because you're thinking of the elderly care care yeah. and you're thinking of those parents out there and mm-hmm. the general population is living longer and longer. And yes. whether we need, need to say it or not, we're going to be caregivers. Maybe not Mm -hmm. just once, maybe not just twice. I'm caregiver three times and I'm sure I'm going to probably find somebody else someday Mm -hmm. as well. So, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so
1: much for having me.
0: Yes. Well, and you take care.